Hey, Warriors. Today we're here with Shannon, who is an expert coach and consultant, chatting about conflict management styles. As you know, conflict is an inevitable part of all our relationships. And in this episode, we will discover the different ways we show up in a conflict and learn to embrace and manage it more effectively. Enjoy. Hi, Shannon. Hey, Con. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good. So today we're here with Shannon to talk about conflict management styles. So Shannon, can you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? So who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I always root myself in the fact that I'm a truth teller because I think that's an important aspect of who I am. I'm also a wife and a mom, a CrossFitter um, coming back from injury, uh, and then a huge Beyonce lover, uh, which is also something (laughs) I root myself and ground myself in. Uh, I work in higher ed daily, but I also um, run a coaching and consulting company, and it's specifically around doing healing work. Um, and around conflict management and engagement across difference. And all of that is really rooted in the work that I do in intergroup dialogue. I love that you identify yourself as both a truth teller (laughs) and a Beyonce lover. (laughs) Right? And they flow so well together. (laughs) They do. I love that. I I was not expecting that at all. That's so great. Yeah. <laughs> um, Shannon, can you also just give us a brief overview of what the different conflict management styles are and why this is so important to know? Yeah. So, so there's five different conflict styles. What I always want folks to know is that not one is better than the other. There are great benefits of all of them and there are great disadvantages of all of them. Um, And so while some styles might seem more appealing to folks, um, even in that appealingness, there is still some disadvantage that 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 style brings. Mm. So particularly when folks take the test, right? It is, um, it is really easy to take the test and try and skew your results so that you sound a very particular way. And so when you go in to take the quiz and you're answering the questions, I always encourage folks just to be as honest as possible because again, not one is better than the other. But there are five. Um, and you will always have a dominant and you will always have a secondary. So the first one on the list, which I find to be so funny that it's first is the competing shark. Um, and so sharks use a pretty forceful style in how they engage conflict. Um, and not only how they engage conflict, but also just how they engage with, um, communication overall. They have, um, they're very highly goal oriented people. And they have low priority on relationship. And so oftentimes when folks see that, they're like, oh, sharks don't care about people. Mm. Um, and for myself as a shark, I I'm just gonna definitely, say. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely care about people. 
but that that what that piece looks like right is like Connor if you did something I love you and I care about you so I'm going to let you know that what you did has impacted me and then I'll worry about our relationship after right so I'm going to name the thing to you and then because I love and trust you I know that we'll work through the relationship piece so yeah. sharks oftentimes will put the relationship on hold to manage the conflict. Um, so, so great advantages of sharks is that um, if the shark's decision is correct, um, that there's that there's like this piece around compromise um, and that sometimes it's just best for a shark to come in and get it done, that there doesn't have to be a compromise. And so sharks are like the doers and the let's figure this out. Mm-hmm. Now, disadvantages of sharks is that, <laughs> right? Like, I'm a truth teller. Um, and so sometimes it can breed um, some hostility and resist- resentment um, towards sharks. Or they seem too aggressive. Or they seem really ego-driven. Um, and so sometimes the sharks can be, so that can be a disadvantage, right? Um, but where they're really great is when the, um, like, a decision just needs to be made, when conflict resolution is urgent, um, or when an unpopular decision needs to be made or implemented, a shark will take the hit for that, Mm, um, and they'll step in. The next one on the list is the avoiding turtle. Um, And so I love the turtles in my life. And Connor, you're a turtle, aren't you? I'm a secondary. You're secondary? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so great things about turtles, right. Is that, um, when stakes are not high or like issues are not trivial, right. A turtle will go into its shell and it's like, this isn't really that big of a battle for me to fight. Um, and so they don't always feel the need to come in. They don't always feel the need to name the conflict or to seek some kind of resolution in it. They're really great at maintaining relationships that could otherwise be broken from conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they really step into that role. They would rather hide and ignore the conflict than resolve it. Yes, we um, like to withdraw into our right. shells. <laughs> yes, you go into your shell, you protect yeah. yourself. Yeah. Um, and so because of that, turtles do tend up to get, do tend to give up their personal goals um, and display passive behavior. And so in this moment, there's this lose-lose situation, right? Because the person you're in conflict with is losing out on your voice and hearing what it is that you want to offer. Mm-hmm. And you're also losing out on, on speaking your truth and saying what it is that you need to be said. Mm-hmm. Um, but the turtles are also so great, right? Cause they don't always feel the need to fight. Um, and so they can provide really great balance and particularly a balanced turtle that also knows their boundaries um, can show up really great in conflict management. Yes. The next is the accommodating teddy bear, uh, which you are, that is your, this dominant, is right. This is my, yes, this is my primary. Is yeah. Um, and so teddy bears are those smoothing and accommodating style people. They have a huge emphasis on human relationship. Um, and they ignore their own goals and resolve conflicts by giving into others, whether that be in an unassertive way. Um, and so that usually creates a win-lose situation where the teddy bear is the one that loses in the situation. So they'll give up their 
hope or their desire or their need to um, accommodate the other person or the other folks in the conflict. Advantage is that they maintain that relationship, right? They are very relationship-driven people. Yes, above all Uh, else. Right. Yes. Yes. You put everything right. And it's so important. And I love good teddy bears in my life um, because it reminds me to be more gentle. Right. And it reminds Mm. me to hold that. Mm -hmm. Um, So appropriate times, right, where we need teddy bears is when we need that relationship. Right. Like when the relationship outweighs the conflict resolution, we need a teddy bear to step in in those moments. Um, when time uh, is limited and when harmony and stability are valued. And so when we want to keep everyone in this feel good space, while it might put the teddy bear in not a good feel space, it can create this connection amongst the group that's in conflict. Yeah. Uh, feel, feel familiar. Yes. That is yeah. spot on. That is 100% <laughs> my default. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the next one is the compromising Fox. And so, um, foxes, when I think about the Fox, I think about how that they'll just, they jump around, right? Like if you think about a Fox in nature, how they just hop, <laughs> they yes. hop around at yeah. things. Right. Um, and so, Foxes will compromise as their conflict management style. Um, And so their concern is for the goals and for the relationship. And so they also prioritize relationship. And so sometimes that means that they're willing to sacrifice their needs or their goals um, to compromise with the other person in the conflict. Um, And so, and they're also really good persuaders um, and really good at trying to persuade folks in the conflict mm-hmm. to see their side but if they don't they're willing to to give that up um and so they just they bounce right they try it it doesn't work so now i'm going to bounce to the other side um and they'll they'll give in so my wife is a is a compromising fox oh okay yeah and so as a competing shark one of the things that's challenging with a compromising fox um is that I'll be really heated in something. And then she'll be like, that's fine, whatever. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I know you feel differently. Um, and so, but because she has set, such high value on the relationship, she'll, you know, it's just not worth the fight for her. And she'll say, yeah. that's fine. If you feel that strongly about it, it's okay. Um, and so she'll compromise into whatever it is that I want, mm-hmm. um, which is not always good. <laughs> Um, and then the last one is the collaborating owl. And so collaborating owls, the way that I, um, the way that I always think about the owls is that they want everyone's voice to be heard. Um, and they really value their relationship and they also value harmony very similarly to the teddy bear. Mm. And so they want all sides to be heard. Um, and any negative feelings to be eliminated, right? So they're, they want everyone to get all of their stuff out so that we can move forward without the negative feelings um, attached. And Shannon, so, t- yeah. Is this your secondary? Are you an owl? So um, my secondary is an owl mm. um, in my work. Ah. My secondary as a parent and as a partner, and I think even as a friend, is a teddy bear. Ah, Gotcha. Yeah. So I kind of bounce, right? So when I take the quiz, if I take it through a work lens, 
regardless of if I take it through a work lens or a relationship lens, I always get shark as my dominating one. Okay. But um, if I, my secondary fluctuates depending on which setting I'm thinking about. That's interesting. I actually yeah. didn't realize that you, it makes sense that you would shift a little mm-hmm. bit between styles depending on your setting, right? If it's a relationship or work. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the styles. Um, and again, all of them have great benefit and all of them have disadvantage. Um, and we appreciate all of them in the ways that they show up in conflict. Shannon, before we move on, and we'll mm-hmm. make sure we include this in the link or the description for the podcast, yeah. where, where can people go to figure out what their style is? Yeah, so you can just Google um, anim- animal conflict style. There's a bunch of different quizzes out there that you can take, mm-hmm. um, but our specific one that we use um, in in the work that I do, we've created our own design um, and adapted a few different pieces, which will be in the link below. Okay, excellent. Mm-hmm. And then why do you think this is so important for people to know? Yeah. So, so here's what I, here's what I've learned. So it was probably about three years, three or four years ago where I was first introduced to the animal conflict styles. And when I took the quiz and got my results, I was like, Oh, (laughs) that's what I'm doing. (laughs) That's why I communicate in these ways. And also that's why these other people in my life show up the ways in which they show up. So what I always love about these self-exploratory quizzes that people can take um, is that it gives us a little bit of an understanding of who we are um, and a little bit deeper of understanding. And it particularly, I think, gives us the language, right? To be able to say, ah, that was my shark, um, or oh, mm. that was my teddy bear, um, or ooh, I probably should have been a little bit more teddy bear in that moment than I was a shark. Um, and so, so for me, it's helpful just to understand myself better, um, and particularly how it is that I show up with other people. And that showing up with other people is what's helpful because for years I noticed the impact of my shark on people. Um, but I wasn't, but I was like, why is that bothering them so much? Like, this is just who I am. This is just how I talk. This is just how I communicate. Right. Um, and I wasn't aware of the impact that it was having because I wasn't aware of what I was doing or really what my motivations behind it were. Um, So that shifted for me and it shifted about the way that I talked about it, about my conflict style and particularly how I would communicate with people in conflict moments. Um, So, so that shifted. I think there's also really great benefit in how knowing other people's styles can support us in appreciating them. Right. So like, I remember a few times over the summer where I would be like, God, you're being such a teddy bear right now. (laughs) ah, Like, is it possible in this moment, your turtle's coming in? Right. And so being able to support the folks around us, um, and notice what it is that they're doing, right? So particularly for me and my with my wife, if I'm not like in over shark overdrive moment where I'm like, I have to be right and I have to have my my way be the only thing, if I notice her fall into fox and try and compromise out of it, I can come in and say, hey, you don't have to compromise to me right now. I am okay for us to 
disagree or I'm okay for us to be in this moment of tension around whatever this thing is. Um, and, and so for me, it's, it's helpful with other styles to name, please don't give in to me because I know that my style can be aggressive and I know mm-hmm. that my style can be this. I don't, that doesn't mean I want you to stop. Right. And so like, if we were in conflict, I would say like, no, please don't go in your shell or please don't just accommodate me. Right. Like I want you to stay, I want you to stay in this conflict with me and stay in this conversation. And then I also have to switch to think about the, how might my shark be encouraging your other style to come in um, and either just want to give in to me or to accommodate me or go into your shell and avoid the conflict with me. This is so important for what you just said in that having awareness of what your style is Mm -hmm. as well as what other people's style is because you know you can tend to default to shark or owl, Mm -hmm. but you can choose to show up differently. Yeah. Depending on who you're talking to. So like if you're talking to Anna, who's a fox, mm-hmm. yeah. you can use a different language and you can choose to show up differently. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah. So you, you've talked about kind of two different settings, mm-hmm. uh, sort of like the workplace and then yeah. maybe more personal relationships and friendships. Yeah. Um, why is this an important training tool for the workplace? Yeah, right. So in the workplace, conflict comes up so much. And I think I have found in the work that I do with teams that we are a pretty conflict averse society um, where language of conflict or I or I'm in conflict is scary for people. Yes. Um, we're not and- really we're not really taught how to enter into conflict. No. You're not taught this going through school. I think unless maybe you went to law school, sure. that you would have been taught how to do this, but then I would imagine everyone in law school is a shark. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's really interesting. Right. <laughs> I have a feeling most people have no idea how to talk about conflict. Right. And the thing about conflict is, is that it's actually healthy if we know how to engage it, engage it in healthy ways. Right. So if we're clear on our boundaries and we're clear on what our needs are, that's where the shift comes in, where conflict isn't this big, scary thing, because I know what my boundaries are and I know what my needs are and I know how to communicate those things. And if the folks around us also have that information. So like, if we think about the workplace, right, if everyone in the workplace is on the same um, level of understanding of conflict styles and that they are, that conflict is healthy and here's what, how we set boundaries and here's how we name our needs. When we're all on that same page, it shifts the ways in which we're working in our teams with each other. Um, and the other great thing, so so the person I, so I co-direct uh, an institute on dialogue, right? And so part of that work is that I am co-direct, so I'm always with another person. Um, and when I think about my relationship with this other person, he's an owl. And while my secondary is 
it's not my favorite style to show up in because, mm-hmm. because I'm so detail goal oriented and owls really want to take their time and make sure everyone's heard. There's times where I'm like, could we just please make a decision? Could we just please move forward? Yes. <laughs> Does one more person have to say the same thing? Right. And so when I'm in that mode, um, there were early times in our relationship uh, working together there, I'm sh- well, I know, I know that I shut him down. Right. Or I know, um, probably like didn't help him feel valued or important for how he was, how he was trying to come to some kind of resolution with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what shifted for us is when we sat down together and we really talked about like, what do you appreciate? Or like as a shark, he, I remember him asking me as a shark, what do you need from me as an owl? Um, and so then I similarly asked like as an owl, what do you need from me as a shark? And he gave me great appreciation and I gave him great appreciation and it shifted the way that we were able to show up in our work together. So like one thing that we figured out really early, if there was a relationship that we needed to really foster or that we needed to to spend some time building, that wasn't necessarily the space where I was interested in showing up. Mm -hmm. But if it was a, they need this training, they're in this conflict, they need some kind of resolution, I was there and I was ready and I was ready to engage that and support them through that. And so we began to really look at each other's strengths and how we showed up. Um, And so what we noticed today is that like, even in moments where I'm being very high shark, right? Like we were in a conflict over the summer um, where I wanted to be done with a relation with a, with a partner that we were working with um, because they had violated my boundaries. Right. And I was like, I'm done and I don't want to do this anymore, but he's so relationship driven. Right. And so he's like, no, we need to stay in this. And what are we going to do with this? And so we're in this moment of conflict. And I just remember both of us last stopping and laughing at one point and me being like, I am being so shark right now. And him being like, I'm being so owl right now. Right. That's so great that you're able to do that. Yeah. So, right. So like knowing this stuff about each other, particularly in the workplace, shifts the ways in which we show up with each other, but especially how we appreciate each other. Um, And I will say he's particularly good at holding me accountable of um, how my shark might be coming in. And he's just very self-aware to know when he's taking a long time on something or like too many voices have come in. We make yeah. like this eye contact across the room and he's like, okay, Shannon's, Shannon's about ready to shark up this room. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, so it's great. And we, we support each other. And even like with turtles that I work with or with teddy bears or foxes that I work with, right. I'm, a, I'm able to appreciate their style and recognize if their style is being fostered and supported, um, and particularly again through that boundaries and need piece. Yeah. So you've talked about how knowing these conflict styles helps you communicate boundaries and needs. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I worked with you on is how mm-hmm. to communicate those boundaries and needs, which is so hard to do. It was really hard for me to do, but learning the language and then kind of learning the script Mm -hmm. that you use in how to communicate those things is extremely Mm -hmm. helpful. Can you walk us through that a little bit? 
Yeah. So what I will say is that what we usually do is we tier this all together. Right. And so we'll do, well, actually where we usually start is with triggers um, in, in working through with folks, what are their triggers and what is the triggering event cycle? Right. Which we, which we also had done some work around. Yes. And then with that, right. We pair the conflict styles because in triggers, one of the things that we know that happens when we're triggered, our amygdala kicks in and we go into fight, flight, or freeze mode. Um, and all three of those responses are ungrounded responses. Now we certainly need them, right? If a car pulls out in front of me, I need my amygdala to kick in for what I need to do right or um someone pops out of a box and scares me right my amygdala is going to kick in um and and do you know do what it needs to do for survival um but in these moments when we're in conflict with folks or when um someone violates our boundaries right we don't really need our amygdala to kick in in those moments because we aren't in survival mode um, mm-hmm. but it doesn't know the difference. It does it like, right. Like our heart starts to race and our amygdala is like, well, I know what to do here. <laughs> um, and so, so we usually tear there and then we go to conflict styles because conflict styles are our grounded way in which we respond. It's our grounded way in which we name things or how we, how we engage conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from there we talk about boundaries and we talk about needs. Um, and so we use the nonviolent communication, um, needs cards, well, needs and feelings. Um, and so, gosh, I don't, there's maybe like a hundred, right? There's so many, so many, um, I have no I, idea. Yeah. Right. Like, cause I very, I very vividly remember us like, right. Sitting at a coffee shop and, and me saying, so like, what were you feeling? And I feel mm-hmm. like, right. Like 40, we had like 48 cards or something so like that. So many like, feelings that I didn't out, even right? know I had. Yeah. Yeah. So having those cards and laying them out helps you get really clear on what's really going on. So you're able to unpack what the feelings are. Then you're unable to unpack, okay, so if this is how I'm feeling, then this is what I need. And I think there's probably another hundred needs cards, Mm -hmm. um, which is wild to think about, right? That there's a hundred different things that we can name as needs. Um, But then there's the needs cards. And so what, and so then from there, we tier that to how you set boundaries. Um, And so if you know, this is what you're needing, then you know, this is the boundary that's been violated or that you need to set. Um, and so the questions we ask with boundaries is what do you want and what do you not want to experience again? And then a third thing I've added is, uh, so I will. Um, Mm. and so, so you also are doing a little bit of action planning. And I think we talked about this early, right. Is like, right. Because you're a teddy bear and a turtle, (laughs) um, right. Like for me as a shark, I'll tell you when you violate my boundaries and I will tell you when, like what my needs are and what my feelings are. Right. Like I will just say those things. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, I'll worry about the relationship and the impact later, which isn't always Mm -hmm. the best. The best thing is not, that's not always the best thing to do, but, um, But like for you, I remember like saying, so like, here's what they are. You don't always have to outwardly name your feelings and your needs to perhaps the person that's violated your boundaries. Right. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it could just be doing that for yourself of like, here's what I'm feeling and here's what I need and telling yourself what it is that you need. And so sometimes it could be that distance from a relationship or, um, 
taking some time for you or some kind of recharge, um, those kinds of pieces, right? So it doesn't always have to be outwardly naming. Um, yes. Having, having that deck of cards mm-hmm. of feelings and values is so helpful. Yeah. It's so helpful in bringing awareness to what's going on internally. Yeah. Well, and it shifts the way that we communicate with each other, right? Because we, we, right, like we, you just said earlier, we don't talk about this, right? We don't talk about our needs because I think we're very socialized around you just do your stuff, right? And there's Mm -hmm. not, there's not this space, particularly in workplaces, um, there's not this space where we ask people how they're feeling or what the impact of that experience was or, what do you need from me as your coworker, as your supervisor? Um, how can I support you? Right? Like we just, we don't have those conversations. No, we never ask those questions. Yeah. What do you need from me? Yeah. Yeah. And when we shift that, right, we show up different with each other. Teams begin to operate so differently with each other. Um, and in really productive, clear ways, right? So it's not just this like, oh, we're sitting around talking about feelings all the time. But it's because we're aware of how we engage conflicts, because we're aware of folks' boundaries and we're aware of folks' feelings and needs that just become centered. But it's not, it's not like all we're doing is like the mushy-gushy work. Yes. This is... <laughs> This We've talked about this, but this is such an effective training tool in the workplace. Mm -hmm. But then, I mean, it's effective work to do as an individual, but I would love to do this with a partner. Mm -hmm. So like boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse. I think it's so effective to learn how to communicate your needs in that type of relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's a game changer, right? Like if you can say, this is what I need from you, or in this moment, this happened and this is how I was feeling, right? So I was feeling invalidated or I was feeling unheard because sometimes, right? Like if we don't have the cards, we get stuck in, I'm angry or I'm mad, right? Yeah. (laughs) But then when we're able to like really process through, it goes deeper, right? To validation and, and feeling hurt and feeling sad and feeling um, unworthy. Right. And when we begin to apply that kind of language and that kind of feelings, then we're able to work together to say, so here's what I need. Right. And so if I say I felt invalidated in that moment or invalidated in that moment, then I can say, so here's what validation could have looked like for me. Um, here's how I could have felt validated by you in this experience in this moment. It really expands our vocabulary and we're just able to communicate with each other better. Yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing. Like just it, learning, yeah. learning that script is so helpful. I've used it many times. Yeah. I think I have it saved in my notes document <laughs> on my phone of mm-hmm. I value, I feel, I mm-hmm. need. Yeah. So make, making sure that I hit all of those points and it just really helps me communicate better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it could be because I value this. Um, I'm feeling this. And so moving forward, I need, right. And and doing that is just so one, we are communicating so clearly. And so there's no real guesswork 
in what it is that we're saying, (laughs) Um, being very clear. Um, And so, so I think that clarity piece is so helpful in relationships, but it's also really empowering, right? When you can put language to how you're feeling and what you value and what you need, it shifts how you show up in the world, um, which is empowering. And you begin to feel powerful around naming stuff for yourself. Yes. Shannon, as a mom mm-hmm. and knowing the conflict style so well, are you mm-hmm. able to tell what your kids are? What yeah. they are? Yeah. So yes, absolutely. Um, well, so it's funny when, when I very first was talking about particularly the trigger work in the amygdala, Anna and I were talking about it. And at the time, I think Ellie was maybe two two or or three and she said um what am I what's do oh Ah. she was asking about fight flight or freeze right and so she was like what am I I said baby that's a really good question right so I get up and I go hide around the corner and then I yell for it I said Ellie she comes running around the corner and I jump out and I scare I said boo and she punched me and I was (gasps) like oh Well, baby, your amygdala is a fighter. Yes, yes, <laughs> clearly. Fighter. That was um, the test. <laughs> right, that was the test. And I would say that very much has transitioned over to her conflict style. So Ellie for mm. sure is a shark. Yeah, um, just like her mom. <laughs> just like her mom. Oh my gosh, yeah. the ways in which we are so much alike. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so she's definitely a competing shark. But what's fascinating about her is while she's a competing shark, I cannot enter into conflict with her at shark level. Um, and so mm. I have to enter into, into conflict with her at teddy bear level mm-hmm. um, yeah. and really accommodating um, to what her feelings are and what her needs are and, and really, really nurture that relationship. So it's fascinating that she is so shark heavy um, that she can't actually take shark back um, in, in conflict styles. Um, and then our son, I would say, is probably following after Anna and is a compromising fox. Mm, okay. Um, particularly when I watch him engage with his sisters, like if they're like, give me that. And he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like he'll be like, no, two more minutes. And they're like, no. And he's like, okay. okay. <laughs> he just gives up. And I'm like, yeah. Bud, stand up for yourself. Like, yeah. what are you doing, right? <laughs> yeah. um, don't just compromise it away. Um, and so I would say he's he's for sure probably compromising Fox. And then our oldest daughter, Marley, is probably, I'm going to say she's a turtle. Mm, yeah. I, yeah, she's a, she's for sure a turtle. Um, and And so... But what's fascinating is with both her and Zane, I shark with them probably more than I do teddy bear. Um, and both of them, even though Marley is a turtle, she responds pretty well to that. Um, and I think part of it is that she's just clear of like, this is how mommy communicates. This is, <laughs> this is what yes, mommy does knows. in these yeah. moments. Um, and so, yeah, so it's fascinating with kids, right? And it's fascinating to think about um, how my style impacts our children, right? And so thinking about how I cannot shark Ellie um, and the impact that it has on her if I do. Um, and then 
also, right, like the ways in which I try and model like healthy conflict management that like, so supporting Marley through, oh, you don't have to just shut down on me, right? Like we can, let's have this conversation, right? And so thinking through like, how can I, um, how can I still be so clear with her as clear as sharks can be? How can I still be so clear with her while supporting her that she doesn't need to shut down? Um, and so, because right there, there are great times where turtles are so beneficial in conflict, but I also want to make sure that she feels like her needs are being heard and, and being met and valued as well. It's incredible that these conflict styles span across workplace, personal, mm-hmm. and family relationships. Yeah. Um, Shannon, before we wrap up, is there anything yeah. else that you want to add? Oh, right. I mean, I feel like we could talk about this for days. I know. And we're going to have you on again <laughs> because I really want to talk about triggers and the trigger yeah. cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, I, and I think the build, the built process, right. And thinking about, okay, so now I'm clear on what my conflict style is. Right. But like, what do I do in moments where I'm triggered? What does this cycle look yes. like for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, right. Like the clarity that the needs, values, feelings can give you, um, as well as like the boundary setting questions. Right. So again, it's the, um, what do I want? What do I not want to experience again? And the, so I will. Um, yeah. and so, so doing, doing that piece and, and being able to have that in your toolkit too, I think is really valuable. Yes. Shannon, where, what's the best place for people to kind of connect and follow you? Yeah. So, um, soon ish, I will have a website up for my consulting stuff. Um, but if you're particularly interested in the consulting or the coaching work, you can email me. Um, my email address is J O L L I the number one S for Shannon and M for Marie. And it's at gmail.com. Um, and so folks can connect with me there around these different tools and, and how to support there. I'm also on Instagram. So if you're more interested in my family, uh, CrossFit Beyonce life, uh, my, <laughs> my, uh, Instagram is Hulk Fem, H-U-L-K-F-E-M-M-E. Shannon has a really beautiful Instagram page. <laughs> Thank you. You'll get to, yeah, you'll get to see great <laughs> pictures of her kids and like really yummy food. <laughs> yeah. Right. My food is food making is my self care. I remember a student one time asking me, what do you do for self-care? And I said, I bake pies and make them look pretty. Make them look so pretty. <laughs> yes. So yes, it's a great place to also see, see the other side of life as well. Yes. Shannon, I have one more question. Sure. And it's a question we ask all of our guests on the okay. podcast. And it's, what does a warrior mean to you? Um, to me, a warrior means someone that is willing to show up in battle in whatever way they can, um, in whatever way makes sense for them. Um, and so if that's in 
personal life and just needing to overcome something. Right. So as mentioned, like coming back from hip surgery, like, right. Like I feel like a warrior in this experience. Um, You totally are. Right. And like, and like battling. Right. And it's a battle and I'm in, and I'm a warrior in that experience. Um, or yeah. So, so I think it's like just showing up and being willing to be in the battle and, but in whatever way that looks like for you. Right. And it doesn't, not everyone's experience is going to look the same, which I think is what makes it beautiful. Shannon, when you're going to battle, Mm -hmm. what Beyonce, what Beyonce song is playing in the background? Um, (laughs) probably. Okay. So my all time favorite Beyonce song is get me bodied. Um, yeah, and so it's like probably like that intro music, like that intro sound to get me bodied when she like oddly says her birthday. Um, <laughs> and so, and like I, but like you know that Pepsi commercial? I think it's a Pepsi commercial where it's like her and maybe Christina Aguilera, and they're mm-hmm. doing "We Will Rock You." Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure she's wearing like this silver, like that's what I imagine myself. Uh, wearing this like silver bodysuit that like looks like reflective in diamond and if you touch oh, it's gonna totally cut you see that yeah <laughs> that's me <laughs> that's amazing yes <laughs> shannon thank you so much yeah this thank you great. yes and we'll talk soon okay sounds great thank you yep bye shannon bye Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Weekly Warrior Podcast. We sincerely appreciate you being here with us. And if you would consider sharing the Weekly Warrior with a friend or family member, that'd be pretty great, too. If you haven't already done so, leave us a rating and a short review. Also, check out our Instagram page at Weekly Warrior Podcast for more warrior content. Thanks again for being here with us, and we hope you'll join us next week when we discover the warrior within. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.